Welcome to Human with Resources, the human side of innovation. I'm your host, Doug Sandler. If you're looking to foster, manage, measure, and celebrate innovation, you've come to the right place. Let's get started right now. JJ Flazanes is an empowerment strategist and the host of several podcasts, including Fit to Love and Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. She is the director of Invisible Fitness. She's also been named the best personal trainer in Los Angeles for 2007 by Elite Traveler Magazine. She has a whole host of accolades, including being featured on uh, many national magazines. Her newest book, The Invisible Fitness Formula, Five Secrets to Release Weight and End Body Shame, debuted at number two on the Amazon bestseller list for women's health. Get your free copy at jjflazanes.com forward slash book. I'm excited to have her here today. Welcome, JJ, to the show. Thank you, Doug, for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to, to kind of get into this because I know as, as an entrepreneur, many times uh, entrepreneurs are struck with the label of, uh, of innovator or innovation specialist. And I, I, you know, I, just in thinking about it, what would it mean to you to be someone that specializes in innovation or maybe understands what innovation is in order to build your business? Well, just like branding, there's a reason that you do what you do and a reason why you stick out. And so when it comes to being innovative, I think it's necessary as part of a brand or as part of a movement or as part of a mission to continually push the envelope on what we expect, what's already being done, what's out there, changing the conversation. So to me, innovation is key in being successful, I think, in business and really making a change in your industry or in the world. So tell me a little bit about how innovation affects uh, even those that might be solopreneurs that are out there. You know, they don't have necessarily an organization that they're bringing this innovative style to or this uh, leadership style that might be innovative. They're doing it with their market. They're doing it with their services. They're doing it with the things that they bring to marketplace. So what's it mean to somebody that might be a solopreneur from an innovation perspective? Well, you want to think about what you can contribute that's new and that's different. How are you changing the conversation how are you educating people in a different way? What's the perspective that you have that's new or different? Because if you're the same, then why would anyone buy from you or utilize your services? Again, if you fall into the same old, same old of what everyone else is doing. Again, innovation is necessary to stand out and to really honor who you are and the gifts that you have to give. So for a solopreneur, really honing in on that niche of what makes you different, what makes you unique, why would people want to work with you, how do you stand out with your competitors, not that I like to think of people as competitors because we all are different, but how do you serve people in a different way than people around you? Can you give me an example of maybe something that you've done with your market and your clients uh, to show your innovative style? I am an envelope pusher. Because from the beginning in the fitness industry, the majority of people want to talk about what should I be eating and how often should I be working out. And from as early as I can remember in my career as a personal trainer, I've always pushed the envelope to ask different questions and to utilize the sciences at hand to try and solve the problem. But when I couldn't solve the problem, I'd have to get new tools. And sometimes tools in my area of expertise, once I got all the science that I could find and learn and apply, I had to go beyond traditional science to look at, well, what other factors? Let's take back pain, for instance. A client years and years ago had back pain. 
several people had had different kinds of pains. And so I'd apply the tools that I, I had at the time and some things would work and they would be uh, relieved of pain, gain strength and balance in their body and whatever else their goals were. But sometimes there were the people, there were the percentage of people over and over again that did not get the same results from the same application of those sciences. So looking beyond that and then really getting to the place for me where not only have I continued to layer upon layer upon layer different kinds of education, I've literally married, in, and I know it's happening, but I'm doing it from a different perspective. I'm marrying sort of a science, like a left brain kind of science with a right brain spirituality and how they together really reflect some of the same ideas and how they help each other get people results and through different things like back pain and shoulder pain and uh, losing weight and, and all the things that, again, you would think, why are you talking about astrology? So for me, astrology is like a huge thing for me. Uh, and I've utilized someone's astrological chart to talk about how their fitness and health and wellness and exercise plan is or is not serving them because of their personality traits and habits based on their astrological chart. And I don't know anybody who's talking about astrology and fitness. So that would be how I currently are, am being an innovator. And I, and I can tell you just from personal experience as you're listening to this, her, her incorporation and her um, combination of mind, body, and spirit and doing exactly what she just mentioned, uh, combining while you may not feel like as you're listening to this, well, there's really no woo in my life or there's really no uh, nothing from a creative perspective that's going to help me with my back pain. It's all going to be, you know, it's the mechanics. It's, the, it's how I'm lifting weight. And and it really isn't. I mean, there are so many components that can go into back pain. There's so many components that can go into stress and, and headaches and so many components that can go into even simple things like, you know, I just don't feel well when I wake up in the morning. And oftentimes it has nothing to do with the way that you're working out, not working out the medication, or it could have everything to do with the medication and the way you're working out. But uh, JJ's approach is definitely uh, very innovative. What's really nice about it is you've used innovation uh, in combining the mind, body, and spirit in the different ways that you that you um, that you practice what you uh, what you what you bring to the marketplace, you've really expanded your market tremendously. Can you maybe share a little bit about how, when you bring that innovative spirit to what you do, you have an opportunity to really expand your marketplace and not just deal with you know somebody that is uh, interested in in uh, being fit. Is, uh, is someone that's going to go to the gym. Talk about a little bit how you've actually made that a part of expanding your market. Well, through the process of figuring out my niche and how I can best serve people, and also on a personal journey, overcoming any shame or embarrassment or judgment or, or not feeling good enough in the ways of delivering some of this information in the way that I am, because on one side, I'm extremely scientific. And on the other side, I'm still very scientific. It just doesn't seem like it is because I'm using things like astrology. So the average person doesn't think that that's very scientific. Mm -hmm. A word that I really want to put together with innovation is pioneer. And whether it be a pioneer in your field or a pioneer in your evolution, I think the two words go hand in hand for me because how I've expanded my market, or I should say more finely, tuned my market, I've become more clear about the kind of person I want to serve, even though, because if we look at weight loss, you know, it is a trillion dollar industry. Every 
second or third person in the, on the planet wants to lose weight or feel better or get healthier. So there is no shortage of people in the world I could serve. The problem becomes when the messaging and again, like going back to the innovation conversation, how am I different? There are plenty of people out there who will babysit you in the gym, who will calorie count for you or put you on a diet. And while I can do all that, that isn't my specialty. And that isn't to me the real underlying issue to what's going to move the needle for you in terms of your, in terms of what's going to work. And for me, how I've become a pioneer and an innovator in my market and how that's helped my marketing is that it really hones in on the right kind of person who gets the whole picture. And I didn't think it was possible until I got into podcasting, quite honestly, because the people in my space that I was currently surrounded by were not having some of this conversation. But when I opened up my market to the entire world through a podcast, I could then easily attract the right kind of person. And they would be able to self-identify who they were as my clients by coming forward to tell me how they like the show and what they've utilized to transform their lives already. And so I really think it's, it's, it's very freeing. It's much more financially profitable when you can become that innovator and really have clear language about your special gifts and talents, the reason why you're different, and then you communicate that in a much more broad way than just, let's say, Facebook ads or, I mean, podcasting and Facebook ads would probably be great. But when you're just out there in the world, you just, you're, you're not being heard. And, and so having a platform to really send your message through the airwaves or through social media in a way that captures the ear and the eyes of the person who's looking for what you have, I just think it's gold. So I know you've had a chance to, uh, to go within larger organizations and kind of help them and, and work through some of the issues that the leadership of the organizations have, are, are having, whether it's sales training, customer service training. Um, uh, just trying to help them advance where they are right now. It, when you talk to, to the leaders in these organizations, do you think that innovation is something that they have a meeting in a conference room and they say, okay, it's now time to innovate? Or do you think that these are organizations that have a mentality of 24-7, seven days a week, you know, this is exactly what we need to do. Innovation is, is an attitude, not a meeting. I think it's in balance with general practices of any business. Because while you may have a great idea, you still have to test it and see how it is received. Because you can have a great idea that no one receives and it's not going to make you any money. At least not now. It might be in the messaging. It might be in the timing. It might be in the packaging. It might be in the delivery. So I think that companies, especially like say high tech companies that are doing some of these trainings that you're speaking about, a lot of them stay cutting edge because their technology and technology is changing so quickly. So I think on one end, creating new things, being an innovator is part of how they survive and thrive. On the other hand, they also have to test and make sure their marketing and that their deliverables match what they are promoting and that people are interested and want those solution-based products. When you're talking about someone not in a tech space, someone who's a one-on-one entrepreneur who's a service provider, you don't have that kind of reach and data to really test your idea quickly and efficiently and less painfully than, let's say, a bigger company with many, many customers and uh, years of experience and data. When you're a solopreneur, you're really just going based on what your ideas are. 
And so I think that it's to be massaged in terms of how you, how you spend your time thinking about the newness or the, the cutting edge way that you're different and that you are on the leading edge of something. Okay, let's take a brief pause. Uh, every week, uh, we have a special segment of the show. We talk about a specific blog post that was written on the uh, posted on the HR page. So we'll be back right after this uh, with more information from JJ Flazanes. We're going to talk about how you measure innovation, uh, how do you celebrate innovation, and what is the future of innovation. We'll be back right after this. Speaking up at work and saying what you think can be difficult. Most of us care what others think, and many people are worried about making suggestions that are wrong or that aren't in line with their boss's or colleagues' expectations. But when people keep quiet, it causes innovation to stagnate. To combat this, you must create an environment that feels psychologically safe so a team member can feel accepted and respected. In order for those on your team to feel safe, leaders must lead the way through action, not just words alone. Also, it's important to encourage new ideas and to articulate a climate that is safe for team members to contribute their ideas to. Leaders in an innovative space should help team members feel unafraid to contribute ideas, recognizing team members for their contributions, even when they challenge a stance or policy, or better yet, the leader's ideas. Today's self-reflection, the team cannot perceive participating as being riskier than remaining silent. For more information, go to unusual.com or click the show notes for more details and a link to this blog post. Okay, and we are back with JJ Flazanes. JJ, spend just a second or two talking about, uh, is, is it even possible to measure innovation? I, I know it seems like they, they, there might not be, or maybe there is uh, a, a metric that you might figure that, uh, that you could use to, to measure it, but is there anything that you could think of that would help you measure uh, the success or the lack of success and innovation within an organization? Well, I think researching things on, let's say, Amazon for, like for me, astrology and fitness. If you type in astrology and fitness, I don't think there's a lot there. There may be a few things, but you're looking at how, how saturated is the market in what it is you're about to do. Now, that doesn't mean you can't still be successful because there's still a lot of people in my market doing certain things, but I'm doing, I'm taking a combination of different principles that not they don't really seem like they should be together and I'm putting them together. And so mm -hmm. that's where I'm becoming innovative. I'm, I'm packaging it differently and, and asking people to take the leap of faith from left or right brain side into the middle to, to consider that maybe there's another way of looking at the problem that they have been having for so long. So to measure innovation, you know, partly on a solopreneur journey, I think it's about your comfort level. Uh, for me, it was when you're playing small and when you're, doing what comes naturally, what comes easily for you, but you're not expanding. You're not growing. You're blending in too much. You're not talking about how you're different. You're not uncomfortable. You're not growing your confidence. You're not changing the conversation and people just think of you in a box. So to yeah. me, that, that would be how I would test innovation in my own business. And what's really nice about it, and again, I've seen this in practice with you specifically, is that when you look at just um, a personal trainer, for instance, and they may charge, I don't know what does the typical personal trainer charge for an hourly, uh, you know, for an hourly wage. 
it depends on where you are in the world. I mean, there are gyms that still, I think, continue to do anywhere from $25 to $50 an hour uh, up to anywhere from, you know, up to $300 or more an hour. You know, and what's great about this is that not only um, do you do you help them on the personal training side or can help them with the personal training side, but you roll this all into a, a big level of service that includes, again, mind, body and spirit with astrology kicked in. If, if somebody is looking for that, what other things do you put as a part of uh, as a part of the services that you offer? Well, the last book that I wrote, The Invisible Fitness Formula, Five Secrets to Release Weight and End Body Shame, really is that combination of all of the different areas that would get covered. So from the diet and things that cause inflammation and digestion to exercise, which is what people expect when they're looking at health. They expect you to give them sciences of how to eat and how to exercise. So those are the first two that get covered, but they get covered in different ways because there really isn't a lot of smart exercise out there. And most will count calories instead of look at digestion. And then the third part, we move to the endocrine system and look at hormones. And again, most trainers aren't really educated. I've been lucky enough to work in a function medicine clinic for 10 years. So I understand hormones on a different level. I'm not a doctor, but I understand hormones and how they play a role in all parts of our aging process, as well as releasing weight or building muscle, our brain chemistry, how we digest food, how we hold on to weight. So again, I've covered the sciences of the body pretty basically. And then we move into sort of that emotional piece and then the spiritual piece. So it's a journey that if the average person who understands what they're doing isn't working, they could take a step-by-step -step process with the things they expect first, get those out of the way, clean them up, make them efficient and effective, and then move to those deeper layers and deeper levels, which actually give you the answers to your uh, to your underlying problem of why am I an emotional eater? Why am I unhappy and depressed? Why do I keep having all these pains in my body? Why can't I find a relationship? When I think about the the uh, the principles that are that that are successful within innovation, I always think about you know who's right brained, who's ultra creative. Can somebody be left brained and very uh, linear in their thinking and still be an innovator? Do you think? Well, that's why I think innovation can cross from left to right brain. In a, in a left brain way, it would be that pioneer of discovering something new, more scientific, more data to prove that it works, uh, something that, again, a new discovery, whether it be a chemical or a mathematical equation, I think left brain people can be innovative because they're thinking of testing something in a new way, which gives them a new discovery, which makes them innovative of looking at it from a different perspective. And on the right brain way, it's a lot easier to be creative and different and unique. It's then where you need to do a little bit more testing to make it a proven practice versus just a one-time creative expression. What do you think is the future of innovation? Is the attitude innovate or fade away? Or do you think the old school methodology can, uh, can still have a place in, in tomorrow's business world? Well, I think more and more we need to innovate in order to stand out and to be effective and taking common problems that we've been dealing with for years and years and looking at them in a new way and adding new tools and new resources and making new recipes, so to speak, which is what I've done. I think that's how people are going to thrive because as we all evolve in every way, the old stuff isn't working. That's why we still need stuff. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think there's some certain tried and true things that we don't question, but we also don't have issues with them. The things that we seek help in, uh, we're always looking for the next best thing.
So JJ, if someone was interested in getting a little bit more information about the services that you provide or what you do for them, uh, how would they reach out to you? JJFlazanes.com, J-J-F-L-I-Z-A-N-E-S.com. And if they wanted to get a copy of your free book, what would be the best way to do that? They can do jjflazanes.com forward slash book. Uh, you'll make it easy for them. Excellent. Excellent. Well, JJ, thank you so much for sharing your message on the show today. And uh, thanks for being a uh, participant in the community as well and for uh, doing what you do. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to Human with Resources. My name is Doug Sandler. Until next week, I'll see you again. My name is Doug Sandler. Thanks for listening to Human with Resources, the human side of innovation. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, check out our website and important links from today's show in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you right here next time on Human with Resources.